Welcome to another episode of Forging Better Humans podcast. I am your host. Today we've got, as you guys should know by now, we've had him on a few times, Terry Bourgeois from American Combat Club, our black belt instructor here at Iron Legion. Um, also, I nicknamed him Bat Boy. He doesn't like it. Um, but if you've seen ESPN recently, he is the guy who broke the three fucking bats. And I know you saw that video. That's the motherfucker right there. I think the first Iron Legion jujitsu shirt should be him in that position. I, th- I said on that. On the back. I said that. I think we would make a killing. Like black and white? Well, like when we went to your meet and I was like, no one knows who you are because we need to make shirts that have yeah. you on it. So then they'll be like, oh, I fucking knew who I knew your face. Oh, God, this is the worst thing to be famous for. He loves okay. this attention. <laughs> yeah, anyway. And then we got Jacob <laughs> Kelly. So Jacob Kelly is who I want to take some time to introduce today. He's one of our athletes that has recently competed in one of the first, not not one of our first jujitsu competitions because we have had a competition before, but I think it was our first athlete to go to a, a federated or a uh, sanctioned style jujitsu meet with New Breed. Um, so I want to talk about that um, and also introduce Jacob as an athlete, how he came to Iron Legion. Um, I know when he originally came to us, I believe he was training in his garage. He had just recently moved here from out west seattle seattle and he was training i think in his garage he was training the space program mark twight's uh space program with nonprofit. are you still doing no no you got off that okay so then we're i think he's moved to more wolf brigade style stuff some strongman style training some lifting powerlifting type stuff and you're doing a lot of shit like that in your garage yeah. but your um combatives i think when you came to us you were just recently uh, came out of a judo school. So you were moving. It into, had been a while. Yeah. It'd been a while. Right. But I hadn't, I hadn't done it for very long either. Yeah. And so you came to us because we had kind of, we had strength and conditioning and we had jujitsu. Yeah. So, um, he jumped in with both feet. And, uh, so I want to talk about your journey to the actual competition. You know, what was your drive, how to get there, that type of stuff. And I'm going to kind of turn it over to you and Terry to talk about that, but, um, what kind of led you to want to compete? And then what was your buildup to the competition? And then how did you feel, you know, during and after that type of stuff? Yeah. Um, so I'd been doing, I was coming up on, I guess, well, now it's been a little over a year of doing jujitsu, but I had always enjoyed watching competitions. I'm like, man, like that looks super fun. And I'd love to do that one day. And then I was like, well, screw it. I've been doing it for a year. So I just hopped online and I, knew of new breed from other people in the gym that had done it before. And, uh, it just so happened that there was one coming up, uh, right at the one year mark. So I was thought one, that might be like a cool way to kind of, well, competition in general is like a, you know, decent way to test your skills. Like, um, but then also like it being at like a, like a one year marker, I thought was also kind of cool. Um, so it's a milestone. Yeah. So then, yeah, I was like, well, here we go. I signed up and I remember I just like kind of casually mentioned to Terry while leaving class, like, oh, by the way, signed up for this competition. Uh, so, you know, can you help me? And I was kind of, ex- I was kind of expecting a few more rounds at the end of class. Cause you know, when I first started, you guys were training for uh, blood on the mats of yeah. the devotion. devotion. So I had s- kind of seen that part of what like the camp is like. So I was like, okay, there's going to be more roles and then maybe a little bit more like focused instruction as far as like positions and things like that. But what I ended up getting from Terry was way more, uh, than I could have ever imagined as I mean, uh, as far as conditioning, uh, then 
even one-on-one instruction on, on the mats. Um, and then, yeah, breathing uh, exercises, like the whole thing. It was a really uh, well-rounded, well-informed, um, very comprehensive program. And yeah, when it came time to do the competition, it was very funny. There was a moment in my head where I was wrestling and I was just like, this dude's tired, but I'm not. <laughs> and I was just like, it's all, it's all paying off. I think I saw that in your face, actually. I saw two of those moments. That moment, and I also saw the one where like, am I getting any points? Yes. Or something like that. I could see it on your face, and I'm like, no, you got all And the then I got points. scolded like, for looking at, I got scolded at looking at the scoreboard yeah. later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I think I even said during your match, don't look at the fucking time. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's a that's a really big part of being a competitor and an athlete. Um, and that's something that I learned early on is that um, fatigue makes cowards of us all, right? And that that uh, came from my catch wrestling background. Um, I have a lineage through Carl Gotch, and Carl Gotch was uh, famous for saying um, conditioning is your greatest hold. And that was uh, a big part of <clears throat> um, any anybody that wanted to train under him, you had no choice but to be incredibly conditioned. He wouldn't even teach you any wrestling until you met a certain standard of conditioning. And that was just, that was it, you know, and, and that was how he weeded people out. He would put you through in, incredibly like heinous workouts and trying to break you. And if you made it through them, then, okay, well, now you've earned the right to learn catch wrestling because now your body can physically do it. Yeah. So it was interesting. So I wasn't athletic growing up at all. I never did any sports as a kid. Uh, I never, like in high school and middle school, I never wrestled or baseball, like um, for various reasons, you know, like we moved a lot. So I just never took the time to get involved in it. Um, So I, I feel like when I say like anyone can do it, like truly anyone can do it. Like I don't have any like really competitive athletic or any athletic experience whatsoever. And I remember even when I, got the program or where Terry was talking me through it. And I was just looking at this volume of work and I was just like, this isn't happening. I was like, there's no way. And I'm supposed to get like, you know, eight hours of sleep every night. Like everyone says. Um, but I remember I had that first week off from work. I happened to be on vacation that first week. So I was able to get like the schedule built and hit all workouts. Um, and the second week came around and I was like, you know what? Like, let me just try. Like I can wake up a little bit earlier twice a week to do like, you know, the conditioning workouts before the jujitsu in the evening. So I can like space it out. And I kind of just like hit the stride and, uh, kind of like got into a schedule. I'm really, I like having something to like work towards. Like when I have like a specific goal in mind, I'm pretty good at like putting my nose at the grindstone and just like making it work. Uh, so yeah. And every single week I got, you know, my workouts in, but yeah, it was a really great experience overall. And then it definitely paid off. How did you handle your strength training during that time? Did you increase it, decrease it? Did you increase more jujitsu time? Did you? Yeah. So it how was, did that balance uh, shift from like your normal? I mean, you don't have to super elaborate, but like, yeah. did you, was there an ebb and a flow to, to, you know, one headed? Cause I know when I was doing it with, uh, for the devotion match, when I was doing my fight camp, I was, uh, I had to pull CrossFit a hundred percent. I couldn't do any CrossFit at all. Mm-hmm. I just did not have the gas left at the end of the day to do fight camp, regular jujitsu, CrossFit, strongman and Olympic lifting all in like the same fucking week. It was impossible. So like something had to give. So I had to pull different pieces out. Um, and then even after my, 
uh, fight and that whole thing that I did, I've left some of those pieces out because I realized I really didn't need them mm-hmm. because jujitsu kind of handles a lot of my Metcon anyway. I didn't really like CrossFit as much anymore. I, uh, I really like leaning into jujitsu a little bit more for my Metcon and for my strength, I do more strongman stuff. So like, talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so before, uh, before I started training for competition, it was pretty much, I would do jujitsu two to two to three times a week. Um, and then I was mostly doing just like barbell strength training with maybe one day of, uh, like steady state cardio or some type of like more cardio, more conditioning workout. Um, so in the beginning we, I did just stick with strength. Um, but eventually the pure barbell strength kind of went away and we just replaced it with, uh, more endurance. Yeah. More endurance stuff. So eventually, yeah, Uh, as we got, yeah, as we got closer to, as we got closer to the data, it was kind of like more endurance stuff and more high intensity cardio stuff. And I really, I I honestly didn't touch a barbell at all for like the last, I want to say like five weeks or something. Uh, so I would say that's the major shift was, uh, just getting away from barbell strength, barbell strength training, which actually kind of refreshing because I was getting kind of bored, just like training in the shed, just like just lifting. So it was cool for me to just get to do something new and kind of like kept me engaged. And it was also, um, and Terry said it multiple times during the camp where it's like, everybody says they want to be a fighter until it's time. And that's true. Like, you know, I, like I said, like I watch people on YouTube compete and I'm like, Oh, like that looks dope. I want to try that. And then when, you know, you're, you feel like you're going to throw up and your head's going to explode from this workout. And then you know that you have to do jujitsu that night. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even finished a third of your day's training yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it really, so it just, it kind of like, uh, I guess shows you to really be shown like what it takes to do the thing that you say you want to do, uh, was a very enlightening process for me. And then I think to have achieved it even on like a small level was like pretty cool for me. Yeah. I mean, even in strength sports, you know, when you're training for an Olympic weightlifting meet or a powerlifting meet or strongman for you're, you're only going to get so strong before an event. So there's, there's gotta be a point where, you can stop trying to escalate your weight and try to get stronger for that event. Where And it's like, then it's more tapering down and just moving well, trying to recover well right before the event. I would imagine with something like this is very similar. Like you're just going to try to not so much eliminate the barbell, but we're not trying to peak out our strength two weeks away from a jujitsu match. Right. So like you're, you're going to probably peel that away. You're going to work on some endurance type stuff. You're going to work on flow moves, different type things like that. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, a a lot of it comes down to what you already do as a person. I mean, you're somebody who has consistently for decades lifted weights, right? Right. So, I mean, for you taking, there's no, you're not going to get the same ROI as somebody who doesn't lift weights consistently when it comes to, um, strength gains. Right. So, uh, I'm, I'm a huge believer in the compound effect. And when you start talking about, um, adapting a human being, strength adaptations take a long time. It's a very long-term adaptation that requires consistency and discipline. Um, anybody who's gotten really strong 
everybody wants to attribute it to whatever they want to attribute it to their physical attributes, drug usage, whatever. But at the end of the day, it does not happen without discipline and consistency. Um, but that's, that's really a, a common mistake is that people try and build strength over the course of eight weeks and it just, it won't fucking happen. Like right. you're going to make gains, but nothing that's going to be, um, you know, mind blowingly significant to your performance. Um, that's something that has to be that, that foundation has to be laid long before the camp even happens. Um, so when you start going into camps, um, for a competition, what we're really trying to do is, um, initially we got to really build up that, that aerobic base because what we do in fighting has a, a mass, you have to have a massive anaerobic threshold, right? Um, well, your aerobic base is what feeds that anaerobic threshold. It, it replenishes it, right? So, um, building an aerobic base is a short-term adaptation when you look at it from a, a meta perspective of human adaptation, right? So that is something that you can build over the course of eight weeks pretty significantly. Right. Um, so that, that really sets the foundation for it. And, and, uh, it's a really big, uh, misconception, which w was such a testament to what Jacob did where I told him, I was like, look, man, you don't have to think all you have to do is execute. I've laid everything out for you. If you execute, you will succeed. Um, and the, the really big misconception is that you have to be training seven days a week to be good at this stuff. And he's somebody who, um, has a full, a full-time career. He's got a wife, two young kids, both your kids are what, like under five, right? My oldest just turned five. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, you've got your hands full. You just don't have the schedule to live a life like I live where I do jujitsu seven days a week. Like it's just not on the table. You know, and and a lot of people think that they're incapable of succeeding in the sport and in competing and reaching high levels without that. And it's just simply not true. Right. You have to be taking advantage of the compound effect whenever possible. And that's um really what your whole camp revolved around. And training smart. Yeah. And and just limiting injury as, as much as possible. Um and we we quite frankly had uh what I would consider to be like the perfect camp. And I, I told you right before the week before the competition, I was like, you're going to experience something that very few people have ever experienced where you're going into a competition without any injuries that never happens. And that, that never happens because of this misconception that you have to train two, three times a day, seven days a week. Right. And it's just not true. Which yeah, it makes more sense. Anyway, I don't want to go to competition injured. I mean, it gets in your head right off the rip, right? So it's similar. It's a really similar uh, camp experience for a CrossFit event, too. I mean, it's something that, like, you're not really focusing on your, uh, your, your strength capacity as much inside of those last eight weeks. If you're looking at high-level CrossFit events, they're very similar to these jiu-jitsu styles where it's like you're really looking at aerobic capacity and being able to, to endure. And that's what you're, you're really wanting to fine-tune your hard-to-kill piece, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's what you did really well. I remember having a conversation with you beforehand, maybe a couple of weeks beforehand, you know, we were talking about the training and stuff. And I was like, it's just like those, those fucking old Rocky movies where, you know, you just got to stick with it. You got to stick with that coach. You can't be yeah. bouncing around going to every fucking gym in town, trying to pick up tips and tricks and trying to get shit off of Instagram and practice some random shit on everybody's random fucking mats all over town, trying to get better and then go to a meet and expect to be good. Like, you need to stay the course. You need to pick a coach. You need to pick a fucking team and stick with it and ride yeah. that line all the way to the yeah. mat. And well, then when you yeah. get to the competition, look how, look how it turns out. Yeah. And, and to that point, that's um, when everybody is looking to get into this fitness journey is one of the most common things is they just bring up all these different programs that they research online. And 
that's the thing. All of those programs that are written by these high level professionals, they all work, yeah. but they work for different reasons. So you can't hybridize all of them together and try and fit all of them in. They work for different reasons. So you have to stay the course on a specific one to see the benefits of that see it program. Through. See yeah. it all the way through to the end. Yeah. And you'll get sick. You'll get success out of it. Um, as you've seen and you're continuing to see. So I think that we all are, you know, stay in the course with something like this. So I'm not big on program jumping either. I try, I'm a big advocate here at the gym. Just like when I see guys and we, we have people here that do it, I can't stop them. You know, with our CrossFit guys, they do that fucking mayhem shit or linchpin and they'll see some cool workout that they want to do. And as far as I'm concerned, or even the CrossFit open comes in and it just completely sabotages their fucking training, throws everything in the shitter. You know, they're not doing progressive workouts anymore. They're just doing flash and bang bullshit. And it's not really helping their training. It's not moving them forward as an athlete. Now, does it have a social aspect and a cool hangout feel to it? Sure. Um, I'm sure doing um, some of those jujitsu videos with your buddies in a garage from here time to time is same has the same feel mm -hmm. is it actually making you feel better are you getting better are you training better i doubt it um, because you're not really staying the course on a program you're having the social aspect of it which is a big piece of human life anyway it's a good thing to do but like it's not really furthering your your actual experience as an athlete so as far as i'm concerned or even like yeah. uh with like programs and people coming into uh jujitsu and it's like i don't need to learn how to escape side control i can just buggy choke someone yeah yeah they don't want to learn the basics the, the hack, like the secret yeah exactly yeah, the hacks and the secret. That shit fucking because the fundamentals are boring it's, it's a anyway, lie but it, yeah. yeah it's always a lie it is and, a lie. and you know all these people that that look at stuff like that i mean i think that it's it's fantastic to go out and um it, it explore and learn new things and adapt and hybridize things and you know constantly be looking at what you're doing and trying to evolve it and make it better but when it's competition time and you're in the on right. season when it's game time and you have time. a fucking goal the yeah. off season is right. for that right the off season is for that exactly i agree with that part of it um where are we going with this so so you're training for your next event now yes so we walked out of the we walked out of the gym at new breeds and i looked at terry and i was like so there's a grappling industries in july in orlando Literally, it was like first thing I said. I hadn't signed. Uh, I hadn't signed up for it yet. But right. he, um, and he was like, "All right, well, I guess technically you would have started last week. So let's just start." <laughs> I, think you, keep I think you mentioned it to me before you even stepped on the fucking podium with your gold medal. Yeah, you're like, "Oh yeah, there's another competition coming up." I was like, "Dude." You just fit, like relax. Get your gold medal first. <laughs> what the fuck? Enjoy your moment, man. They're <laughs> yeah. fleeting. They're fleeting. They don't come often. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but like I said, I just like. I like having something to work towards, but yeah, so there's a, um, there's a new competition and I feel like maybe I feel slightly more pressure because it's like, now I want to prove that like the first time wasn't like luck or it wasn't, wasn't a like fluke. a fluke. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that would be a thing if you were facing the same people, but you're not facing the same people. So don't even think of it like that. Right. That's putting unnecessary pressure on yourself. Just stay the course, follow the protocols just like before. Yeah. That's it. You've got the recipe, man. No need to fuck with it. Just engage. Yeah. There we go. Yep. Keep up the same work ethic. That's, that's really it. It's the compound effect, man. You got to ride that momentum. So what are your plans moving forward? I mean, obviously that event, but what's training going to be looking like after something like that? Are you going to look at doing competitions all year? Are you going to try to make it a thing? Are you... Um, I do think... you have a goal to maybe make Pan Ams, something like that? Are you looking to go something bigger or... 
Do you, I think it, after you... this one, I think after this one, I'll probably uh, whatever you slow say, it I'm down for the rest of the year. No, say that again. Whatever you say, I'm gonna hold you to it. Uh, <laughs> I think after this one, I might slow down a little bit. There wasn't. Oh, I've been looking at the calendars, and there wasn't. Um, there wasn't a ton going on after the summer, but I think something like two to three competitions a year is something is like a goal that I have in mind. Um, it's a reasonable goal. That's pretty average. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I was competing like once a month forever. That's not normal. Like a lot of my teammates do the same thing. And that's, that's if you're doing it for your fucking living, man, like that's a completely reasonable goal with the life you have set up for yourself. You don't need to compete every single month. That's yeah. And I think that gives you <laughs> enough milestones to keep you driven throughout the year and have a cool event crescendo. Every, yeah. You know, every quarter or so some that's yeah. And I realistic. think, you know, maybe it's getting slightly bigger in competition as I get, as I progress through just So like, yeah, maybe like, uh, IBJJF like pans or like Nogi worlds or something like that. If we just want to throw something like gigantic out there. Um, but I'm also just, you know, uh, like kind of Terry said, I don't think I'm trying to make a career out of competitive jujitsu. It's just like, I enjoy training. I enjoy, uh, jujitsu and, you know, just like working out and competitions, like kind of this like fun byproduct of that, where I get to test myself and like what I've learned. And so how does that stuff bleed over into your regular personal life, your job, your your career, those types of things, training here at Iron Legion that we found with most of the people that I have on the podcast when we're talking, you know, we're talking about how this type of training here, whether it's jujitsu, CrossFit, weightlifting, and our style, our message, our mindset type training usually appeals to people who have higher levels, um, higher operating jobs, managers, owners, entrepreneurs, different things like that. A lot of those type of people work out here. You're one of them. So how does this type of training affect your day-to-day? Is it something that helps you get through your day-to-day? Is it a, a stress reliever? Does it what does it do? Yeah, for sure. I would say there's definitely, uh, since I usually come to the no-gi on Tuesday and Thursdays, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, if it gets stressful, I just, I just, I just like breathe. You'll get to go to jujitsu later. Yeah, for um, sure. And then, yeah, I de- like, uh, and I'll, I typically try to save my workouts for the evening for that same reason as well. Um, I also say, um, I think being able to, you know, having an increased capacity for handling Physical stressors definitely. Uh, I feel like being able to handle mental stressors, my capacity for that has pretty increased pretty drastically. Um, so, like, I have noticed, especially like going through this camp, that like stress at like mental stress at work doesn't get to me like as much as it used to. Right. Because and those are the wins that I like hearing about. Yeah. Because just from like a training load perspective, you know what I mean. When I'm when you're walking into work like already sore. And then, like I said, and then you know that you have uh, five rolls to do at the end of the day. <laughs> right. Then when, like, when the camp was over and competition was over, I remember, like, I went to work and I was just like, man, like, I'm not sore. I got a cold brew on the way to work. Like, <laughs> life, life is, is good. good. Yeah. <laughs> you, like, you look at the end of the day and you go, uh, this ain't shit because I got to fight people later and that's going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's yeah, nothing exactly. you can throw at me in the world. And if there's not yeah. enough people, Terry's going to make me wrestle him. Yeah. Right. So, we yeah. had that where you had to wrestle me like three rounds in a and row. And he doesn't let you tap. A 17 minute flow. Uh, roll. 17 minute roll. Yeah. <laughs> With no taps. And, uh, yeah. I've referenced that frequently. I'm like, this sun kind of sucks, but it doesn't suck as much as right. a 17 minute roll with Terry. <laughs> so, 
So all in all, good podcast, good conversation, introducing you guys to, uh, to Jacob. He's just doing some awesome shit. So really wanted to take a minute to talk about your competition, how you got here, how it's affecting your day-to-day life and, uh, give you some kudos, man. Congrats on the gold medal and keep kicking ass. And, uh, Bat boy. Yeah. Um, and for all those people out there that want to come up with all these fucking excuses of I've got kids and I've got a job and my wife this and I've got that. Um, you've got a literal all those things. perfect example right here where he's got all of those things and he doesn't use those excuses to fail. No. He comes in. He does the work. I gave him the protocols. I monitor everything remotely. He did everything exactly like I said. And then he went out there and he fucking dominated his finals match. He won 17 to 3. And the only reason his opponent scored those three points is because he was late on turning his hips over. That's it. That's it. And we fixed that mistake immediately as soon as his match was over. And we came in the next day and we drilled that. So that's never going to happen again. And that's somebody with full-time job, wife, two kids. One just turned five and the other one's what, two? Two, yeah. 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 So, I mean, fuck your excuses. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And that's our episode, Forging Better Human Podcast. Out. I mean, we could have just kept going for the fucking ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>